And this is Sermonition Sunday, number 73. Meditations intended to equip the church militant for spiritual warfare. And I am the warrior priest, Donovan Riley. This is the word of the Lord that came to me, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Amen. For many people, their connection to the church is direct because it is the only place that they can express their pain and their despair. This means that there is no equality of suffering in the church. Each person comes into the house of God bearing their own particular, specific crosses. On the other hand, they are all equal in how God the Father views their crosses. This is why they come in the first place, to get a fair shake, hoping beyond any reasonable hope for a diagnosis and a means of treatment for their pain and despair that they have not yet discovered in this world. Take the Canaanite woman, for example. Who can quantify a mother's pain? Jesus' disciples seemed to assume that they were equipped to qualify her despair. But Jesus, Jesus immediately reprimanded them for their presumption by ignoring their exhortations and talking to the woman instead. This mother came to Jesus, believing that he could make her painful past disappear, and that he had the power, power in the world to heal her daughter. And that was worth some brief response, at least. And so it comes as a great shock, actually, to us, that Jesus did not immediately shower her in grace. He did not immediately grant her request by healing her daughter. Instead, he first hunted up her faith. But why are we then scandalized, as if this is some great conundrum? Why are we upset that God was making an example of her, making us deal with reality on the same footing as his disciples? We are his disciples too, after all. Was he indicating to us that she was a worthless human being? Was he attacking her motives? Was he venting his mommy issues on her? No, he wasn't doing any of those things. He wasn't attacking her at all. He wasn't making an example of her for our sake. God used this woman to humble us. That's why we are offended by his words. We're not concerned about this woman. We're not concerned about her at all. We are worried for ourselves, just as Jesus' disciples were worried about themselves. We bitterly think that there is only so much of God to go around. And a woman like this, a dog Gentile as they were called at the time, is drawing away attention from us to herself and her pitiful beggarly prayers. But Jesus had already discerned that she had great faith, as he would later say. It was obvious to anyone who had eyes that see that she had come so Jesus could save her daughter from disaster. She had traveled many miles to find him, pushing through demoralization, clinging to trust, having been through a certain kind of mill to get to that place, having left her daughter to find him, the last desperate attempt of a mother who had run out of options. And what does she receive there? What does she find when she finally gets to Jesus? She received a gift, and she was made a gift to us, along with her afflicted daughter. Jesus was teaching the disciples and us what that word love means. This woman was a walking, talking, painfully wretched parable of God's love for his sons and daughters. 
and from a very literal point of view, even the crumbs that fall from God's table, as worthless as they may appear to us who eat our fill day after day, they are manna from heaven for those who are desperately focused on what God can do to alleviate their labor and their sweat and the violation of their lives and the violation of their children's lives by sin and by death and by the devil. No matter how terrible our lives may be, and our lives have been quite terrible, and no matter how far we fall, and we have fallen all the way to rock bottom by this point, and no matter what disaster overtakes us, and there are too many to count, we have one enormous knowledge and consolation, which is a heavenly revelation that overtakes us, that of all the terrible things that can happen to a human being, the worst The absolute worst is when we are in pain and despair and have nowhere to express them. It's like walking around with a gun to our heads or a cattle prod pressed against our backs. And so we are encouraged today, as always, to have faith, like the Canaanite mother, to accept the fact that a new identity is forged for us by God's charity. And the example of the Canaanite woman reveals this to us, that our connection to our Savior is direct, and that he will not only listen to us express our pain and despair, but he will do something with them beyond what we believe is reasonable or even possible. He will remove them from us. Now, before we rejoice, before we raise an objection, we must descend deeper than we have ever before descended. Because you see, Jesus was not just healing the woman's daughter. That would be remarkable all by itself, but it would not alleviate the mother's work going forward. She would still have to work day in and day out to keep her daughter alive. She would still have to daily suffer imagining her daughter's future that included a great many things, including death. And so we must plunge into faith's heart. We must descend into the depths, down to the very tectonic fissures from which that mother's faith and ours erupts. We must go to where our pain and our despair originate. Because when we find that place, then we, like the Canaanite mother, will find Jesus. Jesus not only healed her daughter, but he also gave himself to her. So that wherever she went from then on, he was with her. His spirit and his promise went with her, even through death into eternal life. Because as the Apostle Paul wrote, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, so that the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and took on the punishment for my sin. So Jesus doesn't just do this for the mother. Jesus does it for the daughter, too. And not just the daughter, but us and everyone else who comes begging for relief. We come to hear the truth and to see reality from our Savior's point of view. Our Redeemer, our Jesus, says everything that sin and this world and the devil have done to you, they have actually been doing to me. They do not want a God who liberates real people, who suffer real pain and real despair through the forgiveness of their sins. And this is a hard word. It's a difficult word. But it is a good word nonetheless, because it is revealed that it is not we who suffer pain and despair. It is Christ in us who suffers for us, so that we can live in hope of eternal life, 
freed from the anguish, freed from the hopelessness that results from the thousands of struggles that we go through in our lifetimes. So that instead of more of the same diagnoses that the world offers us, cure-alls that don't seem to cure anything, and medications that mask the disease rather than cure it, we are given a good word, a true word from God Almighty that overcomes everything that stands between us and His charity. And that word is this. In Christ, you have great faith. In Christ, your prayer is granted. And so from this very hour, you are healed. This is the word of the Lord that came to me, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Amen.